Welcome to the Kelowna Real Estate Podcast with your host, award-winning realtor, Matt Glenn, and top producing mortgage broker, Taylor Atkinson. Professionals in the industry, enthusiastic entrepreneurs, and successful investors. When it comes to real estate, we're all in. Here with Shane Styles. Thanks for coming, Shane. Yeah, you're welcome. Happy to be here. Yeah, it's been a while. We've been trying to get you on, so happy for it. Well, it's spring in the Okanagan. We're all busy if we're in real estate. So. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. No doubt. Well, can you walk us through kind of the, the perfect day of uh, Shane Styles and what you do? Yeah, absolutely. Well, the I'll, we'll do it as a midweek day because that's yeah, a typical. Perfect. Well, listen, I like last Saturday, I was at presentation centers. So yeah. weekends, middays doesn't really make a difference, but. In my world, a perfect day is I get up at about 5.30 in the morning. I go to H2O because yeah. uh, it's in my hood and it's just down the street. And I'll swim for an hour, go home and wake my teenage kids up. I've already had 90 minutes of life and they'll yeah. arise. Yeah. Matt and I my, are wishing our kids would sleep in that way. Yeah. Oh, yeah. My my 10-year-old will be up. She's, you know, she'll be up and active and things are happening. But she's got teenage in her future too. Yeah. Of course. My wife's a school teacher at OKM, which we live just down the street from. So in real estate, one of the reasons is I used to travel a lot and I don't want to travel as much anymore so that I can be with my kids in the morning and at the end of the day. So I travel for work. Yeah. Well, I was doing a lot of real estate projects and I've worked all over the world. I've worked in Asia. I've worked in Colorado. I've worked in Vermont, Whistler, Calgary, what have you. But I wanted to be based in Kelowna. And that I'm a Kelowna guy. I grew up here. Yeah. So yeah. So then I head down to my office. My office at Epic Real Estate is uh, downtown on St. Paul Street. Yeah. We're actually in a building that uh, the founder of our company sold with one of my top development partners, Kevin Edgecombe, and his team at Live Edge. Yeah. So our office is there. Uh, we have marketing team, operations team, and sales leadership working out of that office, in addition to me. And then the day just unfolds. Generally, my days are pretty structured. I, we operate our company, Epic Real Estate, on a thing called EOS, Entrepreneurial Operating Systems. And so uh, there we typically would have like a, a an ideal day. We would start off our day with what we call a level 10 meeting. And it's a structured meeting with the key decision makers in our company on the things we are tackling in the 90-day quarter that lead to a one-year goal, a three-year goal, and ultimately a 10-year goal. And I'm not going to get into all those details. If anybody ever wants to call me and talk to me about uh, EOS, the book Traction is a great read. I would highly recommend it if you're in a small business, 50 to 250 people. And then my jam is a couple of things. I really will get off on the business development side of our business. So take, for instance, today, I had a meeting with a developer uh, who's come up from Vancouver they have acquired uh, quite a large multifamily site in Kelowna. Uh, I'm not at liberty to share what it is today, but it's on one of the busiest street corners in Kelowna, not far away from Mission Creek, the Greenway, um, some great amenities right in the neighborhood with good shopping and those sorts of things. Uh, and he's quite excited about that site. He's been hovering over Kelowna for quite a while and finally has made a play here. So we're sitting down talking about you know, floor surface ratios, what the zoning allows for, OCP, what's happening at City Hall, how amenable are they to variances, 
In this case, they likely need to try to get the building a little taller than the OCP calls for to make it financially feasible so that they can deliver real estate and homes to a market that will actually work. Yeah. Okay. Real estate needs to be sustainable. And part of that sustainable, those pillars of sustainability is it needs to financially work. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. People need to be able to afford to buy it and developers need to be able to afford to sell it and build it and all those things. So we'd start to work on that because we'll talk about what I think the proper unit mix would be for that building, what that area would be. Should they be studios, one bedrooms, twos, three bedrooms, what level of specification and finish? So I love those meetings. They're exciting. I get to parlay all the knowledge that I have in the market. And as I said to this developer today, you know, when I approach a project, uh, I've been in Kelowna for 45 years. I've moved a lot and worked in different jurisdictions. And I bring all that knowledge here. I bring my local knowledge and then I can walk up to a site and intuitively probably get it about 90% right just from my gut. And that's all that knowledge in my head. But then I like to backstop it with other information from other people, you know, data, because I do a lot of data research. And that just underpins the things generally I'm thinking. Sometimes I'm surprised and we make a little bit of a pivot or what have you. And I'm always trying to forecast is where are we going? What's the future going to be? Remember use this example again today. I'm talking to a developer who is in the throes of acquiring a site that quite frankly, probably I wouldn't be bringing to market for 18 to 24 months, so two years, and that it's going to take two to three years to build. So from that conversation today to handing over the keys to a home that someone's going to live in, probably four to five years. Yeah. So you have to have four to five to 10 to 20 year thinking. So anyways, you asked about my perfect day. So there's an example of something that I love to do. Absolutely love to do today. Again, for instance, I have a project in Penticton. So that project, we are going to start writing contracts this coming weekend. We'll probably, by the time this airs, I think you say you'll you'll air in a couple of weeks. We'll probably have sold, I would say 60 to 75% of that building. What that building be, is that? Sorry, that's Socana? Yeah. That would be phase one, or are you talking phase two phase as one. well? Yeah. yeah. Okay. That's our goals. We will start to write contracts likely this weekend, and we'll write them over about a seven-day period. So we're getting all the information out to everybody right now. So what I love about that is you've got a sales team. They're super excited. They're totally engaged. They're off their head busy. They're getting inundated with calls from real estate agents, from end-user consumers, a lot of detailed questions because we're asking those people to start to pick their homes that they're most interested in in a priority of one to five. So they're super, super engaged. We're going to move a lot of really fantastic real estate in a short period of time. Now, remember, we've been working at this for six weeks on the sales side, and we've been working at it for six to eight months on the marketing and strategic side. So it's just a culmination of all that hard work and expertise coming into a really refined period of time. That's really, really exciting for me, for our development partners, for the purchasers who get a chance to own these homes and my team. And then some of the other things, I love working on the cultural side of our business, making sure we've got the right people in the right seats, you know, on the bus, so to speak. And that's a constant that we're always working on. It is, I will say that the labor pool in the Okanagan is a little thinner than I'd like it to be. 
Like I have a new director of sales. She's come out of Vancouver. She's been fantastic at helping us bring some Vancouver talent because Vancouver is a leading market in North America for real estate sales and marketing. For the pre-sales too. They're always doing the pre-sales. Particularly for pre-sales. So just trying to find great people and then work with great people and coach them to be the best that they can possibly be and add value to our organization on the whole. And then uh, always love to have a beer with one of my developer partners or someone in industry. I had lunch today with the guys from RBC, the national accounts manager for RBC for Canada, who was in town from Calgary. And we were talking, actually bringing something up that I haven't talked about in a long time, but doing a mortgage buy downs on projects. So it might be pretty appealing to somebody if I can offer them a five-year at 3.99 today. That would be very appealing. Right? So talking about strategic things like that. Also, because she told me, she said, you know, Tiff Macklin and federal government, they actually have their ear. It's Royal Bank of Canada, right? One of the big, big banks. And, you know, little old me being able to say, listen, these guys got to be careful because we have a housing supply challenge. We got to, we've got a crisis. Yeah. They're ramping up immigration. And if they aren't careful, they're going to choke off the housing supply they've got to be really careful. She listened to that. She said, you know, those are the kinds of things that we take back to our office and we parlay to the guys that are making the big decisions. That's what I've been saying this. Raise the rates now and all you're doing is postponing the next boom because there's not, there's more and more people coming here, less supply because things get stalled. And then, yeah, you'd have, you're just creating another situation. Yeah. Years down the road. So, and then, uh, you know, to wrap a perfect day for me, I get to come home and have dinner with my wife and kids. Yeah. If they're not at dance, at acro, (laughs) at high performance soccer, those sorts of things. Yeah. My wife's a cooking teacher, so she's an absolutely lights out cook. Oh, yeah. And that, have dinner. It's springtime in Kelowna. The nights are long. Yeah. I see you've got a pool here. I've got a pool. Yeah. Nothing warms my heart more than the kids jumping in and having fun and shooting the hoops in the basket, shooting the basketball in the pool. Yeah. All those things, just wrapping the day. I tend to go to bed early, try to be hit the pillow at nine. My teenagers are up past me. So I <laughs> That's just the my, time of year when it's still sunny. Yeah, I cross my fingers, <laughs> yeah. but I like to get up early. And I definitely yeah. know that I like eight hours of sleep sort of guys. So yeah. Yeah. there's that That would be a perfect day. Sounds like a perfect day right? to me. Yeah, that yeah. sounds like so. Yeah. Well, there's a bunch of stuff I want to unpack there. Specifically, like, you know, you connecting with developers I wasn't aware. I thought you were more on the the sales and marketing side and getting those campaigns going, but to actually communicate them on like a per square foot, what you could sell them for. Are you getting involved in like the cost to build as well? Because I, I want to say this, like there is a bad stigma from say a lot of people that they go, you know, developers are these uber wealthy people making a ton of money. I think the profit margin is super minimal for the yeah. amount of risk that developers are taking. Where do you come into play when you're having that conversation with them if they're actually going to proceed with a project or not, if it's viable? Yeah. So, well, let's talk about one thing you just talked about, and that is risk reward. I think it's really important for, you know, people in our industry generally understand this, Yeah. but I go to a lot of city council meetings during the last municipal election when I would go to some of the uh, open houses that candidates were having. And I had someone say, I was talking to her and she was like, they should, these buildings are all too tall. They shouldn't be building them. And I, and I'm six foot four. And I said, am I too tall? <laughs> and it's such a subjective thing. Yeah. 
But I had to remind her, I said, and I, we were standing, we were in South Pendosi, and I said, look at, I pointed at a building and another building, another building, and I could point at every single building. And I said, do you understand that a developer, someone at some point took the risk to construct this building? They've basically built the entire city short of municipally funded dwelling or building like H2O yeah. Yeah. that's on the, born by the taxpayers, right? Or some provincial or federal building, all our tax money's gone to build. Yeah. Yeah. Someone has taken the risk and it's really easy to call them greedy, wealthy developers. Someone else is willing to take that risk and go and take it. Yeah. Yeah. So the margins relative to the risk, I think they're generally in check and probably often low. It doesn't take much for something to go sideways. I work with developers every day and they, when we had these massive, well, we still have the massive inflationary pressures, they were incredibly nervous. They yeah. still are nervous because a lot of these projects in the throes of being built. I was just down at Movala. I just got up on the third floor of Movala. Yeah. The amount of steel in that building, they just had a, a concrete pour. It was 1900 cubic meters. That's it's over 200 concrete trucks. Concrete went up like 10%? Yeah, or, or more. So there's a lot of risk. So I think that's important for people to understand. Our, you know, our, our city, our community, society is, we're in our homes because somebody has taken a risk to build it. We need to respect that. That was that. No, it was the other part of your question. That we, that, we started with that part, but... Uh, no, I just mind. wasn't aware that you were involved. Oh, yeah. I think, I believe, and I, I think we've, exp- that we add the most value as a new home pre-sale project sales and marketing firm yeah. who specializes in townhomes, mid-rise wood frame buildings, and high-rise concrete. That's really all we do. Yeah. Our single biggest value is getting involved in the project very early. The conversations, like I'll use one of the most seasoned, arguably the largest developer in the interior of British Columbia today, Kirkhoff Construction. They're one of my biggest partners. We have an amazing relationship with them. When Leonard Kirkhoff is looking at land, even before he buys it, he reaches out to me and we will have conversations around what we think would work there. You know, is this a wood frame site? Is it more a concrete site? I talked about what he's going to be paying for it, what the cost per square foot might look like, you know, for buildable. You know, these are more industry vernacular terms. I'm not going to get into all those. Yeah. But we are strategically working, you know, how much amenity should we have here? Where should we position this building? Is it going to be luxury, mid-luxury, entry-level, value-oriented, those sorts of things? How long would it take us to do it? Who's the market going to be? Then we really affect a unit mix, sizes, specifications really early so that we can inform the architect. That's the secret sauce in what we do is we parlay all that market knowledge into conversations like that so they can design the right types of homes for the market in the time we're going to sell it. So forecasting out six months, 12 months, 18 months or what have you. Yeah. That's when we ideally like to be involved. I've been involved in projects. Well, a lot of my career, I did a lot of repair. So a developer would call me. He had started a project, had let go of his sales and marketing team, wasn't hitting the goals he wanted to get. And I would have to come in and repair what was going on. They misfired, misstepped. Sometimes we could redesign the product a little bit because the product mix was incorrect. Often we couldn't. So we had to kind of work with what we had. Maybe we reposition it. Maybe we weren't at the right market. 
So the earlier we are involved, the more powerful we can be. And then we get into everything, like the whole brand story and, and how we're going to position this and take that whole brand story and parlay it into the whole marketing, all the toolkits, the sales language, everything, you know, where are we physically going to put our presentation center? Is it going to have a show home or just vignettes in it? There's a lot to it. What about getting through the city approval? Do you help, help them with that? Not so much. In the early days, particularly with developers from out of town, I'm often connecting them with the resources that can help them in that regard. So whether it's engineering firms, architecture firms, uh, development management, consulting, those sorts of things, because yeah. uh, it's not really our expertise. I will support if they need particular graphic elements that we can bring to the table or help yeah. them with because we're a marketing firm or speaking to like, often I'm brought in as an expert because I speak to the market we're going to be selling to. Sometimes I'm speaking to that at public hearings, sometimes I'm not, or I'm there just to be able to answer questions, if you will. Like for instance, at the last, uh, I, I went and supported a, a colleague, friend of mine who was doing a rental building. So not a building I'd be engaged in. It was done, this is a, a site on Wilkinson in Springfield. Yeah. Uh, went to public hearing last week. There, it was about six hours long, that public hearing. Gentleman had stood up and he spoke about how frustrated he was because all these empty homes in Kelowna. And I hear this all the time. I heard it during the municipal elections. And, you know, I see you laughing a little bit. There aren't a lot of empty homes in Kelowna. People didn't buy places at One Water Street or 1151 Sunset and just let them sit empty to yeah. ride this massive appreciation they're going to get. Have they got up in value? Yeah, they have. But no, they're either living in them or using them regularly as a second home, like regularly all yeah. the time, or they're rented. Yeah. I don't even know of any homes that are just vacant. Yeah. Right. And people would, you know, they'd probably go downtown when it's dark out and they look up and it was, well, there's no lights on. So there's nobody in those homes. I'm going to tell you, they're everybody closed. Everybody has mortgages or they paid cash, yeah. put renters in there or they're using it. Yeah. So things like that. So I like to let council know that that's, and that council's smart. They know what's going on. They usually see through those things. Yeah. Just add a little bit more of a street side. This, the, for that Wilkinson project, when I spoke up and spoke to it, it conformed with the OCP. It's on a major traffic transit corridor yeah. and it is in, in an urban center. It should have a six-story building on it, which conforms to OCP. The developer was very gracious and only came to the table with a four-story building. But when I stood up, I said, listen, I'm here with all due respect to the, all the adjacent neighbors. And I do believe that owning a single family home in an urban center is a luxury. It's not a right. Okay, go to any well-developed downtown core in Canada. There are very little, if any, single-family homes in the middle of that core. Yeah. And Kelowna's on that trajectory. But respectfully to these neighbors, I said, I'm here to represent the other 153,000 people in Kelowna who participated in the OCP design process. I'm here to you know, recognize the thousands of hours that have gone into this with city planners and municipal leaders to develop an official community plan that gives us 10, 20 year thinking, not the next election cycle thinking. Yeah, yeah. And that seemed to resonate, not so much with the neighbors so much. Um, but I think they're all reasonable people. I think they understand that's the right thing. It's just tough when it's happening in your backyard. And I completely totally. get that. And yeah. We, yeah, we've spoken about this before. We empathize to that neighborhood as well, like any of the neighborhoods like that. Um, but you're right. The OCP, like we've had Ryan Checa on the show before, city planner. Um, Ryan Smith, Adam Checa. Adam Checa, sorry. 
we, get it we together. That's an easy. That's yeah. an easy. Job. Yeah. <laughs> we, yeah, we had them both on. <laughs> yeah. But we, yeah. yeah, we do need to densify the city. But in terms of like affordable housing inventory, do you find any other solution other than just densification? Like, should there be more grants from the government? Like, the cost to build right now is so expensive you know, subdividing, building developments, anything. Um, is there any way to mitigate that and make it more affordable for people? Uh, I don't think we have time to get into a political discussion. Yeah. Uh, those that know me well know that we could really go down that and talk about where money is spent. I've been at every school board Taylor's meeting. Taylor's the bear. Yeah. <laughs> I, I've been at every school board meeting for the last two years. Don't We don't even want to go there. Yeah, yeah expediting approvals. You'll hear that over and over, like a broken record, like the ability yeah. to bring things to market. This Wilkinson Road site, for instance, it conforms with the OCP. It did not have to go to public hearing. It should not have gone to public hearing. If the community has been engaged and an OCP has been created, then we need to live by that plan. That's why OCPs yeah. are redone. So, sorry, did it go to public hearing just because they put out their their DP and it was opposed by local neighbors? No, they, they, the city council, and I think, you know, I'll call it bowing to the pressure of the local neighborhood, put it to a public hearing so they could hear the voices of the neighborhood. And I respect that in theory, but in reality, it should not have happened. It's a giant waste of time. Yeah, I, I wouldn't say. I, I'm not putting words in your mouth. But no, yeah. yeah and I, I, again, I don't want to disrespect the neighbors because I get it, but if I don't know how involved each and every one of them was in the OCP process, yeah. and if they were really involved, and likely they weren't, okay, but if they were really involved, they would have known what the plans were for their neighborhood, and they could have voiced that concern then, and we live in a democracy. And if the majority of voices in that neighborhood had said, and the city, because we have to think on the whole, had said, no, we want this to be this little neighborhood enclave that always stays like this with single family homes, then the OCP would have reflected that. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay. Well, you see like multiple news stories a day about pricing too expensive, rental market gone crazy. It's like, we, it's so obvious we need more housing. I just. Okay. Well, not, not to keep going down yeah. the political side, but some of these projects, obviously you're doing pretty much all pre-sales. You have agents, mostly from Kelowna, Vancouver, can you kind of walk us through, we were speaking before, basically the success on, you know, agents from Vancouver versus agents from Kelowna, and it's mostly comes down from vetting their their clients? Yeah. So let me explain our business a little bit first off so, yeah. that, it, so that people are listening, they fully understand. So Epic Real Estate is a brokerage, okay? Just like Royal LePage would be a brokerage or, you know, Stillhaven or the Century 21, Yeah. right? Yep. Your office. Represent. So represent, represent. <laughs> so uh, Lisa Moldenauer in the house. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so uh, one of my favorite people. Well, I, think, yeah, she's I, coming, think, I think she did her first project with me or I, I was with her on her very first project and she still does projects. So it couldn't have been that bad of an experience. Yeah. Anyhow. So we are a real estate brokerage under the same rules and regulations as every other real estate brokerage. Okay. Um, for the sake of unpacking it, uh, Epic is owned by a company called Peerage Realty Partners, which is out of Toronto. Peerage Realty Partners owns three main uh, new home project sales and marketing firms in Western Canada. One's called Fifth Avenue in Vancouver, one of the biggest firms in Vancouver, very successful, have been around for 40 years. Yeah. 
we also own Baker West, which is downtown Vancouver, new home project sales. Um, they're currently doing a project called Curve. It's an $800 million project. Uh, the first passive house tower in maybe Canada, but definitely in British Columbia. What's a passive house, house tower? Like a passive house building where it's enter, like, you know, um, it's net zero, oh, yeah, like net zero energy oh, yeah. efficiency, okay, yeah. Yeah. things like that. Really, really cool building. Yeah. Wow. And then Epic Real Estate in Kelowna. They also happen to own some boutique brokerages in West and Eastern Canada. They own Baker Projects in Toronto. It's the largest project sales marketing firm in the country. Yeah. And they own Sotheby's International Realty Canada. So we have this family of boutique real estate brokerages. Ours and Baker West and Fifth Avenue specialize in new home project sales and marketing. So we're in the Okanagan. We are the listing agent for our development partners. So we're representing the seller, right? There's always two parts to a transaction. There's someone representing the seller and someone representing the buyer, as you know. So when we start in a project, and we'll use Socana as an example, okay? The first phase has 96 homes in it. So we're looking for 96 buyers for that phase. And when we do the strategy, we create the story and all the branding around it. And then we make decisions like, you know, we can just do a lot of advertising and attract the consumers directly to us. And, or we can go out to the real estate community of which I have, you know, 18,000 agents in my database and very, very strong relationships, particularly in key markets like the lower mainland with agents that know the Okanagan, they've got buyers relationships that want to be in the Okanagan and we'll make strategic decisions on how much time, energy and effort we're going to play in each pool. How much are we going to go to realtors and how much are we just going to try to generate our own consumers? And when we spend that time on advertising, generating our own consumers, that's usually actually better for the realtors because the consumer doesn't call us directly necessarily. They call their agent who they've built a trusted relationship with and they say, Hey, I'm interested in that project that Epic's advertising in Penticton. That's absolutely fine. I love working with real estate agents. They are an incredibly important part of us being successful for our developer clients in this market. Now, by the numbers, I think this is the interesting part. So take Fifth Avenue or Baker West, my two project, two uh, partner companies in Vancouver. If we do a project there, they'll do about 97% of their deals will have a buyer's representative real estate agent. Okay. Oh, almost all. Yeah. Almost all of them. Yeah. Pretty much almost all of them. And that's pretty much a steady trend that we've seen out of the lower mainland. The lower mainland's a hotbed for pre-sale real estate. Yeah. It's been a strong market for many, many years. Yeah. And the realtors have gotten to know it. In the Okanagan in particular, we're about 55, 57%, maybe cresting to 60 on realtor participation. So, you know, quite a bit lower than Vancouver. Yeah. It's almost half of them are under Yeah. You know, we are working regularly to grow that. Um, we Again, we like working with agents. We always, if you're working with Epic, we always pay a full real estate commission side yeah. to agents. We don't do what used to happen, which is the market's good. The developer doesn't pay anything. If the market's bad, the developer pays a lot. Yeah. No, I just said, you know what? Let's just make it market rate. There's no tricks, no gimmicks. Sometimes we have bonuses and we'll pay more because we'll, we want to attract realtors and their clients in particular. That's generally what it looks like. And one of the other stats, and I think we shared this before, was because of the experience of the Vancouver agents, they do a better job of preparing their clients and their client base for buying in pre-sales. 
And so they're, they have a better close percentage. So for instance, if I have at Socana, I have a realtor from, you know, the lower mainland and they call me up there, talk to my sales team. They go, yep, I've got 10 people that are ready for Socana that want to buy there. They'll probably, they'll probably have seven or eight buyers out of that 10 group. Locally, when I've had that same experience happen, you know, hey, Shane, I've got 10 people that are really interested in this. Usually that looks like it's maybe a two or three person close. So what I know what's happened with that Vancouver agent is they are, first off, they have a seasoned buyer who's probably bought with them two, three or four times in pre-sales. So they know how each other works together. Um, The local agent probably hasn't had the luxury of someone who's bought multiple pre-sales in this market. So we just haven't had the deal flow and the velocity for them to get that experience. The Vancouver person also really pre-qualifies them. Like they do a lot of work with their clients before they ever really need to even engage us. I've got an agent who last year he did maybe 15 deals with us out of Vancouver. He's up here every six weeks touring projects, touring things for his clients. He'll bring a client, he'll meet clients up here. Very, very proactive in the market. I just see him working really hard. Not to say local agents don't work really hard, but think about that. He's in Vancouver. He's got to go out of his way to come up here. Now, they like coming to the Okanagan. Yeah. So <laughs> Destination it, city. It, it makes it a little easier. Yeah. But they're really, really diligent at pre-qualifying. The other thing that's really important is they build really strong relationships with my sales managers. So... I'll go right now, like with Socana, for instance, two of my team, Kirby and Lori, like Kirby's already got, she had a dozen agents or more. She knows these guys, no pre-sale, they trust projects I work on. And so she just calls them up and says, I got a great project in Penticton. Here's the short strokes. I'll send you a realtor package on it. Um, Let me know how many clients you might have interested. So it's just, again, a lot of relationship building. So... And listen, there's a lot of people in the lower mainland, so. Yeah, yeah. I I also found, and I think it was on a different podcast I heard this, but it was relevant to me because we were in Shanghai for a few years before coming back here. And, you know, people would be buying a building there for like 10,000 bucks a square foot. Like it was was insane. So those same investors to buy in Vancouver at say 2,000 bucks a square foot found the value. And it's probably the same with people in Vancouver buying in the Okanagan, like we're looking at, you know, so kind of what is a thousand bucks a square foot, give or take. And yeah, no, not, not that yeah, high, but, pretty uh, high, yeah. but like, it seems Movala. Movala. Yeah. So it seems very expensive to the local community to spend that much, but Vancouver, like they're getting a discount on that product. Yeah. That's a, that's a really good point. Um, you know, we, we, we rarely actually surprisingly talk in per square foot numbers, um, we talk about absolute price because when we look at a home, it's about the utility that a home delivers. It's not about the number of the amount of square feet because a really, really well-planned 775 square foot two bedroom can live as good or better than a thousand square foot two bedroom. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, that's a 225 square foot difference. If things are at $800 a square foot to use a number times 225, that's $200,000, right? Give or take. So that's a really big delta in the price. Remember earlier I talked about when we work with the developer early to get their mix right and the size of their homes correct and that? That's where that really makes a big difference. But 
we don't talk so much about price per square foot. We talk more about the absolute price and the value delivered there. The other thing too, with that 775 square foot two bedroom versus a thousand square foot two bedroom, uh, how different do you think the rent is if you're renting it out? The same. Yeah. It's the same. Yeah. Exactly. But you just paid 20% less for it. Yeah. Right. So just things like that, that make, uh, that make a difference. And sometimes if we're going to be generating, if we have homes that are smaller, we'll make sure that we have more robust amenities, for instance. Yeah. Right. So things like that. So what projects do you have on in the Okanagan right now? So actively in the market today, we have Socana, which is at the North Gateway in Penticton. And that's just going live this, this weekend, right? Yeah. So yeah. we've been we've been marketing that for the last four to six weeks, and yeah. then we'll start to um, convert and sell the new homes yeah. in the next week or so. Uh, so Socana, we did Lakeview Village in West Kelowna. They have a second, they have a third and fourth phase. We sold the first couple buildings out, uh, you know, a, a couple of years ago. Yeah. Those were just waiting for the developer to get ready to to be in a position to bring them back to market. We're yeah. fully under construction on the first couple of buildings and it's going really, really well. Nice. Um, so that'll be coming down the pipe. We have Movala, which is the site beside Gyro. Yeah. Um, two buildings, 10-story first phase, which is pretty much sold out. And then the second phase, 14 stories, which we're in the throes of selling and uh, well away there. But there's a lot of homes that there's over 300 homes in that whole project. So we've got some fantastic homes remaining, some killer killer homes with big decks overlooking the lake. I was just up there on the, I got as high as about the third floor yep. and you start to get big lake views, nice. you know, everything everybody loves about Kelowna, Mountain Valley Lake. That's yep. the inspiration for the name, Movala. Yeah. That is a beautiful right? site. People might not know that. I did not know that. And it actually, that pays homage because in the middle of that, Movala pays homage to the patriarch of the Stober family, which is Al Stober. Yeah. And Al's the one who found that site and secured that site many years ago, but he didn't build on that site because he knew it was before its time. Uh, he waited. That's why we have Movala today. And the timing is perfect. And it is, it is perfect. You know, I'm going to say it is the, one of the finest locations in the city. So we're super active there at Movala. When will that one be ready? First phase, end of next year. Okay. So yeah. that's, so it's, it's coming up. It's, yeah. it's, it's going to be there. Another really exciting project, which is at up on Boynton at the base of Knox Mountain on the entry to High Point. Yeah. And it's called Eminence. Yeah. And think about this for a second. You guys are in the market. You're real estate agents in the market. Yeah. Where can you buy a condominium, multifamily home place, condominium in particular, nestled up against the mountain with trails, like kilometers of trails right at your doorstep? Where can you buy that? I don't know. Maybe like the lakes and lake country slightly yeah like maybe out yeah. there but yeah also be five minutes to downtown yeah yeah you know seven minutes to ubc the other direction right like it's a pretty unique location it is yeah so um and it's 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 cool because the name eminence has two definitions um one is being superior and the other one is a rising hill so kind of fits. We feel as though it's actually, when it comes to multifamily condo, it's a superior site, yeah. superior location, and it's on a rising hill. And so the views out, um, now not as much lake views in the first phase or two, maybe some lake views in the third phase, but yeah. it looks out across, you know, east and southeast across the city, across the mountains. It's pretty fantastic. Yeah. So there's eminence there. 
We've got Soul Costin is just wrapping up downtown Kelowna. Yeah. Uh, and the actual, the developer had a handful of suites that he held back that he's actually just about to release. Again, there's one on the penthouse level, one on the fourth level, great little two-bedroom homes. Yeah. And then there's actually three mixed-use commercial um, walk-ups, so two-story commercial residentials on the main level uh, that, you know, for downtown, especially with UBC going in there yeah. and that. And then I have another site coming up. We did start to whisper about this last year. Uh, it's called One Varsity. And One Varsity is on the corner of Doyle and St. Paul. That's percolating to come down the pipe here. And that's right beside UBC downtown. Yeah. So, and that's a big, that's a big project, uh, again, being done by Kirkhoff. So, yeah, I think that's about it. We actually, I have, we have a project in Panorama uh, called Nordics, yeah. uh, which are some townhomes in Panorama the ski resort out in the East Kootenays. And I'm hovering over a lot of other things uh, at the moment. So, yeah. Cool. Wow. There's a lot of inventory coming here. Good yeah. And that's just what I'm doing. And there's, there's other projects that are being done by other companies yeah. and yeah. that sort of thing. So. Awesome. awesome. Well, being conscious of your time, we'll, we'll jump into maybe the, uh, the ice maker and wrap up a few fun questions, but um yeah, that was that was amazing. The ice maker. Are you gonna make me a cocktail? Is that what's? <laughs> yeah. Well, you just said get one. Right? Yeah. yeah. See, at my house, you would have had one. No, no I, they, I, I'll tell you that my cocktail of choice is <laughs> yeah. the paper plane. Paper plane. Yeah, dude. paper plane. We missed the icebreaker. We would ask you what your favorite drink was. Let people yeah. let people Google that. The paper plane. Oh, it's yeah. lights out cocktail. All right. I'll have to make one. Time for everyone's favorite part of the show: the ice maker section. Brought to you by myself, Matt Glenn. All right, Shane, what's your, uh, what's the best habit or routine you attribute to your success that you feel our listener could learn from? Best habit or routine. I have, um, I have a couple of really significant mentors yeah. in industry and in life who I've built relationships with of trust that I can reach out to and talk to at any time. And, uh, they've been a big part of, of helping me be successful. The other thing, and this didn't happen until, you know, I didn't fully embrace it until I was a little bit older, I wish I'd done it earlier, was trusting my gut, yeah. trusting my gut instinct and my soul. So I'd say those those couple of things. Those are good ones. Yeah, yeah. those are awesome. Yeah. I'm going to mix up the questions a bit, Matt. Uh, if you were to buy one property in the Okanagan, investment, recreation, anything in the next 12 months, what would you buy? Well, I own three lots on Bay Avenue and I don't own the one in the middle. Ah. So that's the one I'd buy. <laughs> okay. So sorry, it's not really a sexy answer, but the I love that. I think there's one for sale on Bay Avenue right now. Yeah, that one. But so if it's close to where I am and you're on Bay, I and you're listening to this, yeah, yeah. reach out. <laughs> All right, what's the most impactful book you've ever read? I just read it. Yeah, and uh, it's called "Yes, Your Teen Is Crazy." It's made me be a much calmer parent. It was actually recommended by one of my mentors. Yeah. And if you have a teenager or you're going to have a teenager in your life at some point, yeah. read Yes, Your Teen is Crazy. Okay. Because it'll help you understand everything that they're going through and it'll help, help understand how much you put your parents through. Um, so there's that. And then the other one, and I mentioned it earlier, is uh, Traction yeah. by Gino Wickman. Yeah. As far as a business book and a great structure for operating a business. Couldn't recommend it enough. It, and you just keep it on the side of your desk, just keep re revisiting it. The people analyzer, yeah. um, setting your company values, uh, all those things. Uh, that's a great book too. 
Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Uh, Those are good ones. Okay. If you had 12 hours left in Kelowna before you had to leave forever, what would you do? Uh, 12 hours left in Kelowna. I would go to my daughter's dance recital at the Kelowna Community Theater. They were both there last weekend. So I got to see them. Yeah. I would watch a soccer game that my kid's in at H2O. Yeah. Right. On the turf field. Yeah. Because I just like the way the ball moves there. I would fire up the smoker in the backyard with the pool, do like a 12 hour brisket. Ooh. Right. My wife would make her famous risotto. Yeah. I would grab some wine from Cedar Creek. Nice. And have a whole bunch of friends over, make some paper airplanes, <laughs> you know, pull the cover back on the pool, yeah. you know, just to hang out with friends. That's what I, we live in. My dad used to say, we're as close as we can get to heaven and still be breathing. Yeah. Yeah. Like we live in an amazing place. We're so incredibly fortunate. And that's why a lot of people want to be here. Yeah. That's why those of us in real estate are going to be busy. I love that quote. So, We're using that one again. Yeah. Yeah. You know, Cedar Creek. Yeah. I just did a poll as well for uh, best, best winery tasting. I sent it out to my mail list and Cedar Creek was the top one. So. Yeah. And it's, what is it all of like eight minutes down the road? Yeah. Yeah. So amongst others, like, you yeah. know, which, which of the 300 wineries do you want to go to this weekend? <laughs> yeah. yeah. So that's awesome. Well, what can our uh, listeners do to help you out, Shane? Like, how are we going to connect with you on a platform, um, website, social media, anything like that? Yeah. So our website is epicres.com. Okay. Um, our projects are on there. Uh, follow us on social. Uh, I'm not a big social guy. So, you know, we are on, on Instagram and Facebook and those sorts of things. And, you're, yeah. and you'll find us through Epic Real Estate. The only thing I am on regularly is my own personal LinkedIn and our, we have an Epic Res LinkedIn, but yeah. I do quite a few, uh, you know, video logs yeah. on LinkedIn. I just did one today. Uh, I was up on the roof of Seoul, um, the Seoul Costin building downtown. Yeah. And so, you know, through that and, you know, for real estate agents out there, we want to work with you. We want to work with you and your clients, get used to our projects. You know, once you start to hear about them, be the squeaky wheel. People who pay the most attention, whether it's a realtor or an end user consumer who's looking to buy, the ones that are asking engaged questions, that are returning phone calls, because we phone everybody, right? Like if you register for a project, you know, we'll phone you till you tell us not to phone you anymore. That's when you'll get best opportunities in early, best pricing, those sorts of things. You'll get the incentives before anybody else does, if there's incentives, uh, those sorts of things. So don't hesitate to be a squeaky wheel. All right. Fantastic. Well, yeah. Thanks so much for the time. Um, we'd love to have you back in yeah. the future. So we'll be, we'll be reaching out. Again. Well, let's get a couple of these projects under our belt and then we can report on them and then talk about some more future yeah. stuff. And- yeah, exactly. Absolutely. You yeah, would like help launch one here. That'll be a, uh, totally. I'd love to do that. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Let's do yeah. it. We'll, I'll, uh, I'll promise I'll get some paper airplanes next time for you. Yeah, the just the, <laughs> the, the, the ingredients are a little, well, it's not that unique. Bourbon. April, everybody knows oh, yeah. what those are. Yeah. And then the secret ingredient is Amaro. Amaro. Okay. So it's an Italian aperitif. Yeah. And lemon juice. Damn. Shaken. Okay. With ice. I like mine on the rocks, but they're generally served neat. Okay. Are you, why are you not writing I'm, this down? Because <laughs> it's I'm on the podcast. Made, I'm actually making one right now. <laughs> yeah. 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 All okay. right. Thanks, Shane. It's been, uh, it's been awesome talking to you and uh, take it easy. Thanks for listening to the Kelowna Real Estate Podcast. Be sure to reach out and let us know how else we can add value to your Kelowna real estate journey. Please show some support by hitting the like, share, and subscribe button. 
This is sponsored by Matt Glenn Real Estate and Taylor Adventure Mortgages.